Yo, what's good with you? We're back for another episode of What's Good With You. And I got some people, some very talented people. I feel I feel like y'all's talent is just like, you know, bleeding onto me. Like it's just I feel it in the room. Well, we got we got Chef Beans, of course. Yeah, Chef Beans coming through with the mental cuisine. I just wanna say, cause you know I I gotta speak with on my chest. You said our talent is bleeding onto you, but your talent as well is bleeding onto us. It's I feel like it's a trifecta going y- on. Yes, yes, come on. It's a reciprocity for me. Mm-hmm. Come on, now. <laughs> And we also have Izzy Absolutely with us, who is a producer, actor, creator, creative um, from Brooklyn. That is true. Um, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop. <laughs> and I had the pleasure of meeting Izzy um, at Chef Bean's play. Who She starred in the play. She was... Yeah, one of my favorite monologues oh. in the play. Um, but she was you've always been very nice and genuine, even like when you didn't even know me on that first day. Mm-hmm. Like you were very helpful and like welcoming. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. And I'm glad I, that you I re- felt that. Yeah, I was like, Oh, I gotta have them on the podcast. Like I remember <laughs> thinking that, like, that's that's gonna be a good one. But how are you today? I'm good. Um I'm very surprised in my professionalism. No, actually, I'm not surprised in my professionalism, but I'm surprised that I got the energy that I'm bringing because last night was kind of wild, and I don't go out like that. (laughs) And last night I was definitely outside, and I was like, damn, tomorrow is at 1.30. I got to make sure that, like, my voice is not crackling because if I have too much fun... You'll hear it in the you hear it in the voice. Right, right. So it tells on me. So I was like, all right, ten o'clock I'm gonna get up, make sure that I'm out the door by like twelve fifteen, no later. I wanna make sure I show up. I come punctual for this. I respect this whole thing that y'all go going on. And then I put my GPS on. I was like one mile away. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn, I'm gonna be super early. I was outside just looking up like, damn, I wish I wish I could catch the door or something like that. But all I'm I'd rather be overly prompt and ready than running in sweating like trying to catch my breath so it's a good issue to have and i appreciate that too because i've had guests on before and they're like 45 minutes late and i'm just yeah no we don't play i paid for this time and now it's wasted so i i definitely appreciate that i love people who are punctual and on time and you're early so Yeah. yeah i definitely appreciate that um today we're gonna be talking about a lot of things today. I'm not. Go- I'm not gonna keep it at one one topic. Okay. But before we get into it, can you tell the people or the listeners about what you do? Because I know you do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So if you could summarize that up, um, what what do you do? <laughs> who 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 is who, Ipsy? Is he absolutely? Okay, I actually put notes in that because I felt like that was going to be the first question, but <laughs> I had all that free time outside catching that wind, so I'm ready. Um, I'm a 5'10", brown-skinned stallion from Brooklyn, New York. Stallion. Um, I'm a content curator. Mm. I am a post-producer, and I'm also a line producer. Um, I write, I produce, I edit, I direct, I shoot, I do photography. I'm a self-shooter. Um, I'm just into like making good shit excellent. Right. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. But if you wanted to get like the elevator condensed 
nine to five type of explanation. I'm a post producer um, for a digital ad agency, and we get a plethora of work from various con various um, brands. And currently, right now, I'm doing a lot of Nike work. I've been doing a lot of Nike work from the last year. So, if you go on their website and you see like these stories about authenticators or what they call them, um, I had my hands in that. And there's a big, big billboard that's about to be dropping at a what they call it, cryptocurrency dot Laguna, dot Laguna Beach, whatever that whole name is there, and then, like, at 42nd Street. So I'm pretty excited to see um, the endless amount of hours that I put towards that, like, poof. Because on, online is cool, but when you see it, like, on a billboard, it's, right. like, a different type yeah, of energy. Different yeah, So, and then on top of all of that, um, I have a YouTube talk series called Pass the Bluntness. Um, I started in 2019, all of the things that I said that I can do, that that project pushed me into doing that because um, like many content curators, developers on a like, like you start off with a dream and you're like, okay, I got the team, I'm gonna get the team. And you, then you realize like, damn, it's really on me. Right. It's really <laughs> on me to get this shit. Like my future really depends on me. And then once you get like, when once you just become in serenity with that, then you end up figure, finding out, like, yo, I'm doing more than I thought I was going to do when the seed was planted in my mind. But going into season two with a whole different mindset, like, I have a mentor, a super dope mentor now, and she's like, I know you did season one 100% guerrilla style by yourself, but going into season two, you have, you have goals that you want to bring into it, but I'm going to challenge you to not produce this, like, another season of YouTube produces like a television show mm. and being that I work in that lane professionally like I know all that it takes to put on like an actual budgeted like TV show and I at first I was like this is gonna be cool and then I'd make my notes and stuff and she's like killing it like nah you need more time like but what about that and I'm like damn all of these different angles but right. Um, I'm excited to see and to show like the complete elevation of where I started, which was the foundation, getting out the mud, to then actually having some people with specialized um, skill sets right. to bring it in to be elevated, and then like potentially talking investor talk. So oh. you know that's that's really exciting having some you know monies. Some uh, money. Have a little bit of cha-ching. Cha-ching is, is my uh, cash app, in case you wanted to know. No, but, uh, <laughs> but just, just just growth, man. Like, you know, there's so much stuff that you see. People like, your only competition is who you were last year or when you first started. And just being cognizant of that, like, and then you look back like, damn, I really did that. And mm. I'm really doing that. And then to meet up with other people or to connect with other people like Chef Beans, who I've known for I guess like two and a half years or yeah. so. And like it's just it's just amazing. Even being in this space is amazing. Like I didn't know what I was walking into because I saw a couple of previous episodes y'all at the table. Right. And like, okay, and I'm like, oh, this is mixy. Yeah. Okay. It's a little different. It's, a it's little very different. different this time very around. sexy in here. Very <laughs> okay. I see it like sponsor serious radio type joint. Like, <laughs> I like it. But yeah. So this is a personal question for me. What exactly is a producer's role when it comes to bringing those things together mm -hmm. like because i don't really like i know the term producer or yeah i know director producer but what exactly does a producer do like how do they take the project to the next level mm. we got time 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it depends on what kind of producer you are, because there are different type of producers. So line producers are like, depending on what kind of project it is, if it's like a smaller scale, the usual need is a line producer and what their position is to make sure that the project is like flowing from like inception, hoping you get all the pre-production stuff, creative development down to the actual shoot, which is a production. And then a lot of times they oversee the post-production side if they have that experience. So that's one. Then you have um, post-producers, which is my specific um, craft. And after everything from production is wrapped and everything like that all of the finishing pieces that actually makes the content consumable for the audience is where my lane kind of shines so not only being responsible for hiring the team of editors visual effects artists motion graphics sound mixers whatever that project needs Mm -hmm. but then also like managing their time like okay looking at when we need reviews for a client or when is our final delivery and the assets, like making sure that entire process goes as to schedule and predicting and anticipating any potential issues that might happen along the way, getting that together and just making sure like what the whole point of what the project was for and was supposed to be actually makes it to fruition. So it's a lot of weight and there's a common like catchphrase model attitude, which I hate that production people shout out to all my people on productions y'all got them 18 hour days on your feet y'all can have that but we'll fix it in post mm. and it's like if you just put a little bit extra effort in the pre-production and the actual things that went on set it wouldn't be so much work in post mm. and then when people see stuff they're like oh that shit looks dope it looks amazing they did a great job like great shout out to the director shout out to the actor shout out to the and the truth of the matter is like a lot of the shit you see didn't actually happen it's oh, a lot of heavy. it's a lot of magic i've been on Man. a couple like i don't want to call out no names and stuff you know what i'm saying yeah, but you don't I, have to use no names, i've been but... a couple of projects where like at the end of it all it looks like shit was sweet and it was like no it was a lot of a lot of work in post to mm. make it look like that so right yeah I, that was a great explanation oh. like i feel like i know i know now yeah but how did you so you used to you used to live in brooklyn so mm-hmm. how did you make your way to la like how, how was okay. that so born and raised in brooklyn um shout out to the ville never ran never will uh, so I uh, went to school upstate in Buffalo. Shout out to upstate New York, SUNY, SUNY babies and that whole population out there. I got my degree in media production. I always knew that I wanted to be involved in television. Um, I used to have like this obsession with credits when I was really young. And, you know, most people, they go to the movies or they watch the show, the credits come out and nobody like cares. Mm-hmm. And I don't have anybody in my family that's within this field, so it's not like I was kind of, like, inspired by anybody in particular. But then when I would see, like, oh, my God, look at all of them people that were a part of this project. Like, that's crazy. Like, what's even crazy is these people are part of this dope shit. Their name is being plastered all over this content, but they get to live regular lives. Then I would see, like... The award shows, and then you looking like, who's that in the front row? Like, you know who the celebrities are, but I right. was more focused on 
who's that in proximity? Now, of course, you know, they have seat fillers and things of that nature, and I actually participated in those type of um, opportunities. But a lot of them people that be real close be real important, but they get to keep the identity, get the checks, and still have, like, Facts. your sanity. The sanity. Yeah. And I was like, I, like, the more I got a little bit more aware, I was like, this is my, this is my deal. I really want to do this. Um, moved to Atlanta because at this time, 2013-ish, um, when I graduated, everybody was like, Atlanta was like, it was the place to be. You know, all of these different shows are popping out of there. There's all of this talks about this is the new black Hollywood. Right. I, 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 I heard the rent was cheap. I was like, I can do that. Um, graduated in May, moved to Atlanta in July. My mom was, was on the move. Yeah, wow. I've always been like, this is what I want. This is the middle ground. Let's 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 figure it out. My mom was like, you're not moving to no Atlanta. I have no family, no friends there. Only visited Atlanta one other time before I moved. Wow. Same situation like when I moved to Cali. And my mom was like, how you going to move to Atlanta? With what money? She didn't support me in that in any kind of way. Not mad at that, but she just was like, for what for what like why don't right. you stay here like get acclim get acclimated have some bills come and see your name and i was like nah because you know i love new york city like i want to have my kids like raised in there even though it's not the same new york as i had it when i was younger mm -hmm. but just like that mentality that grit that like go getter like we got to figure it out, baby. Like, right. what is you doing? Right. Like, even if you chilling, like, what is you still doing? So I knew, like, growing up, I would see kids go to school, go away from school, come back home, and you get caught up in, like, the regular degular lifestyle. Y'all just right. at BBQs. Y'all, like, you just at 42nd Street. Right. You just, you know, and I was like, I don't want to get comfortable. Right. So I'm going to make sure that I'm always moving. Got my U-Haul. Yeah. So I moved down there for the for the same reason I moved out here, and I was like, oh "I got no fucking connections." But you know, I got all this experience from college, all of these dope ass internships, and all of these hours, and all of these places. Like someone's going to see my resume and then be like, "Oh my gosh, she's from New York. We want her." Well, that shit didn't happen. Oh, and I was like, "Okay, so." How many times I'm applied to Tyler Perry Studios? Like, how many yeah. times am I going to apply to CNN? How many times am I going to apply to the Weather Network? How many times am I going to apply to some, like, just anything? Um, I did do something down there with their, like, uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting uh, Network studio for a bit, but it wasn't... The chickens wasn't hitting like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'm Jamaican and Panamanian. My mother's side is fully Jamaican, so I come from a very, like strong but also to the book type t background and my mother was a principal at this time she's retired now but she was like you need to get into education and i was like what yeah like that's do you know what that i'm do, telling though. federal right. loan i don't have no money because <laughs> i'm out here doing this particular craft like education is not what the fuck i'm i i say i don't have no money to pay back loans right. for and she just was like it's it's stable. You do your ten years, and you get your um, loan forgiven. Not that 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 yeah. for sure. You get your loan forgiven, and then you get your pension and all this other kind of stuff. You get your medical, and it's safe. And you you work well with kids, and you've always worked with you know personality. Da, 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 da. And I was like, man, but that's not what I wanted to do. Right, and you would be miserable. And I like how you're saying like you didn't take the safe option. You oh, took but the I didn't. Yeah. 
You did? Oh, but I did. Because. Oh. <laughs> I'm not, let me, let me let you finish this. Because after like six months, I was working for this like internet company. I'm not going to say their name because they have a lot of legal issues right now. A lot of people are suing them. But um, I got this job works like, like slinging hot spots when I was down there. No, legit. Like, before it was even... And I don't even think too many people know about this brand. It was, like, really big in the South. Um, And again, they have a lot of legal issues. I don't know if they got that all ironed out, so I'm not going to say their name. And... I mean, I've always been personal, I've always been good at, like, talking to people. So within, like, three months of, like, being a sales rep, I became manager. So I had, like, one store out of Buckhead, one store out of Sandy Springs, and I was get, I was getting paper. And because that particular company, it was not only, only they, they only sold internet um, equipment and services, it was one of kind of joints, like, we not checking credit scores, we not even taking real names. You can get 10 hot spots and be like, John Blue, John Yellow, John Red, John Green. We wow. don't care you got that bread. So then I got really cool with a lot of the financial magicians in Atlanta <laughs> and I was their girl and they would they would send their people to me like yo she gonna hook you up I'm by and then you know they doing whatever they do the IP address you know it's it's not connected to shit so I was really like I'm straight like I'm not only getting commission but I'm making good sales I'm a manager of two stores like I'm bringing the people into the con into the to the company like everybody's loving it and then boom one day they was like yeah this shit is folding like because it was because it was so fucking janky let's say you come in there and you pay with a credit card your credit card is forever on file and going to get hit so even if you cancel the service they still charging you and there's nothing we can do in the store all we do is sell product we don't do anything else we don't fix equipment. We don't fucking help you with your account. Oh, we we the same eight hundred number that we telling you is what we gotta call. So wow. people are like, yo, you know. So after so many cases of that, and people finding out their operations overseas somewhere in India or whatever the fuck, they was at like the company like disappeared, and my mother was like, now the fuck what? And I was like, you right. She was like, yo, go through Teach for America. We hire a lot of teachers from there. It's a great program. I'm like, I ain't trying to be no goddamn teacher. I'm out there hustling. I'm slinging hot spots. Like, I'm trying to. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? To shut my mother up just because I respect her, but I want to shut her up, I'm going to go and apply. Mm-hmm. I put, like, 30% energy into it. I just wanted to do it just so she, I could send her the screenshot of the confirmation. Well, you know, I'm pretty absolute in everything that I do. That comes with a lot of why my name is Izzy, absolutely. And my 30% is more than, than most. Right. So one round turned into two rounds, turned into 10 rounds, turned into in-person interviews, turned into a whole summer cohort, which I would never do again. It's like the fucking Peace Corps, Marines, the Army, and getting your master's in education in one summer. It was intense, Started off with like 300 people. It was like 20 people that graduated from that program. And we had to take every single exam underneath the sun to be highly certified because we were on a accelerated track that we have to compete with people who are coming out of school with degrees in education. Mm. So it's kind of like, why am I choosing you when this person put four years in studying it, studying it? But the thing between those programs and people that go to school is like when you go into school, you're a master of that particular content. They don't teach you classroom management. They don't teach you the skills that you really need to be a teacher when you're working in like schools with badass kids. So 
people that have that background are more desirable because they know those programs are efficient and produce in preparing you for than actual interactions with kids. Mm -hmm. So did that for like a year, elementary school, hated it. I would, and I was like on the other side of town. I lived in Norcross, the school was in Union City. That's like 50 minute drive. Wow. And I would look at the American flag fly every single morning on some real HBO Max and I was like, I hate it here. I hate it here. I hate everything about this place. Mm -hmm. I'm so mad I got to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to just make sure I'm here by 6. I hate the cries of these kids in the hallway. I hate some of the... It just wasn't for me. Right. But I was pretty good at it because, like, being a good teacher is being a good person. Right. And I feel like if you're really good at managing intrapersonal relationships, it can take you into multiple things. Anyway, right. did that for a year and went up to middle school for a couple of years, taught science and math. That was cool, but I'm like, y'all really not mature enough for me. Like, we're not, like, the thing with education, which I still kind of miss, but, like, the way that this shit is going, and, like, this is, I could talk about education all day. You would think that I was a fucking principal. <laughs> yeah, I was here. gonna ask, like, when I'm, did you move to L.A.? Because that three, was the <laughs> Three years ago, I moved here. Oh, okay, okay. And I was in Atlanta for five, and I taught for five years when I was there, and I went from elementary to middle school, and I retired in high school. And giving these kids, like, real, like, I'm a realist. I only got two sides about me. I'm either going to be 100% transparent, or I'm going to be silent. Mm. I can't do the fake shit. Right. So being a teacher for, oh Lord, being a teacher for younger kids, like, you got to be a lot of that fake shit. Like, okay, come on, counting to three, I'm going to turn. I'm not doing all of that. I said sit down. <laughs> what, are you, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, I still have my very much so New York mannerisms, which I will never lose. So being out in the South, the kids were like, oh, you you kind of like, you young. We think you like 19, but you low-key on your shit. And I'm like, yeah. Did the high school thing. That was my favorite. Loved high school. Loved it so much. It made me sad. Loved it so much it made me sad because every day I'm looking at kids between 18 and 23. And I'm just like, yo, all black kids, I only wanted to teach at inner city schools. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to really put in the energy with it, where it, need, where it was needed the most. And being not only a teacher, but like an auntie, like a mother, like a counselor, and like a life coach mm. every day, I'm like, yo, the world, time goes by so fast. Like, just giving them the baselines of, like, what school does not teach, because they just really teaching these kids to be test takers, to be honest. Right. And that's really fucked up, because, like, you know, what if you're not a good test taker? Then right. you're going to end up asking somebody if they want extra ketchup packets. How many? And, you know... Then I was like, yo, I'm telling these kids about being intentional with their time and being focused and watching who you surround yourself and time is short and life moves fast and I wish I knew and if I knew this on the third. And I'm here five years in the game. It's not what I moved to Atlanta for. Right. So, so you're really that, talking yeah. to yourself at that point. Yeah, really. Yeah. Just the, and the kids like they 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 believed my passion behind my message because it was true. And I was like, when am I gonna talk to myself like that? Man. That's the hardest part is taking your own advice. Taking your own advice. I, I work with kids, too, like, in, in a therapy setting, and a lot of times the messages that I'm trying to get across to them, like, I check myself, like, oh, dang, like, I need to work on that. Yeah. Like, I, I need to do this. Very, I'm telling them, but this is what I need to do. Very sobering. And then in that last fifth year, I had the opportunity to produce a couple um, short films that did really, really well. And then I was like, yo, I can do this. 
Like, I've been teaching for five years, and I haven't gotten a chance to break into the industry, but I've been doing these independent projects, and it relit my fire. Like, yo, you actually can do this. Had a friend that moved to L.A. like six months before, came out here to visit, looking around Hollywood and everything like that. I'm like, yo, I'm going to be working in this bitch. Like, I'm going to really be... And I just... It's it's really crazy how everything kind of, like, moves forward because when we... He lived in the Valley, and he, like, was taking me around different areas and stuff like that. And I was, like, by Capitol Records. I saw Viacom, which was actually my first job. And I was like, I'm going to be working here. I'm going to be in Hollywood. But a little Hollywood sign, real cheesy, still got it in my crib. People be like, really, though? But I'm like, this Hollywood sign means so much more than the Hollywood sign. Like, you know? And I was, he was like, yo, if you really serious, then do it. Met this girl that was a post-production uh, supervisor for a BET show. Went to dinner with her. She didn't know me from nowhere. She was kind of cool with the guy that was out here. He was doing some sound work on that show. Mm-hmm. And I told her what I wanted to do, and she was like, do it. I was like, this is another city I'm moving with. No friends, no family. And I'm like, I got, like, this shit got to work. Like, I can't, like, you know, I could always fall back on education, which is dope, but I never wanted to even really get into that shit. Right, exactly. You know? And then I came out here in uh, 2018, paid my first month rent just to hold a spot, was doing FaceTime, Zooms in the spot. Didn't even know nothing about Koreatown. Didn't know nothing. And I was like, yo, if this shit don't work, then at least I know I really tried. Right. And then I could I can grow old and be 45 and 50 and everything and being like, at least I know I really betted on me. Right. right. And... I hit that girl up when I got down here, and she was like, hit me when you move. She's like, people say they're going to call me all the time. I-I-I, but they never move, this, that, and the third. And she knew what my situation was, again, like moving out here dolo. She was like, maybe if I have something I could plug you in, we'll see. Right. That was it. I didn't do nothing. And I really admire that about you. Like, you're a go-getter. Yes. You know? And, And I felt that energy from when we first met. And the reason why I wanted you to be on this episode is because people always ask me to talk about imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And since you have accomplished so many things since you've been out here, like now you're working with Nike and everything, and you know where you started from. Mm -hmm. So it's like now, where do you get that confidence? Because some people still get to that point and feel like they don't deserve it. Yeah. You know, yeah. or feel like, oh, people are going to find out that I'm not really as good as I as I think I am or as I appear to be. So with you, I'm wondering where does that confidence come from and how do you, you know, stay so sure of yourself even when you are in these big rooms, you know, working with Nike and everything like that? That's a good question. When you told me this episode about imposter syndrome, <laughs> I was like... Why she picked that for me? Like, what the <laughs> hell? Then I Googled it because, like, off the connotation, I, which I'm sure, you know, many of people might just off the strength. I thought it was more like trying to play something that you not. Mm. But then when I Googled it, it's actually a little bit more deeper than that. It's right. feeling like you don't deserve what right. you accomplished because you don't see, like, you're not even recognizing the value that you and the accolades that you actually accomplished, which I was like, damn, that little twist on that adjective and that one is a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. It's a little different. Um, but to answer your question, like, I really think it really falls back into like proving myself right and then 
making my family proud. Mm. Everybody in my family is like very successful, but very safe professions. Mm. And, you know, even to this day, like, you know, I tell my mom what I'm doing and I'm like, you could go to Nike.com and see my work or you can go like to this website or whatever the case may be. And she's like, she's happy for me because I'm like, doing what I said I was going to do and I'm, you know, surviving and doing very well. But it's like, but, but you're not like, where's your pension going to be? Like, right. like, in t like it's, it's, it's because she's an older generation. It doesn't add up to like true success in a sense. And it's mm. like, I'm constantly, I want to do well for myself first and foremost, but I'm also trying to like, make sure that the people who may not, fully understand, understand through my, through my victories. Right. And right. I, I like what you said about proving yourself right. Mm -hmm. Not proving others wrong, but proving yeah. yourself right. Yeah. That's a, that's a key thing. Beans, you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, and I echo those same sentiments because, you know, we're both transplants. I know there's a lot of people who live out here, but as transplants and as things get planted inside of you, we know what makes sense to us. We mm -hmm. know through our experience exactly what we want to do to the point where we see it very vividly. But when it comes to explaining that to your parents or people who still caught up with being on 2-5 or 42nd Street or whatever they're used to, it can sound like a foreign language. So when you are operating in that space, and it's hard as hell. People don't know how it is moving to space, not knowing anybody, mm -hmm. looking around and just trying to figure it out. So when things actually do start to sprout and you're trying to communicate that feeling to people they're so stuck in their ways. They're like, but where is that pension though? Like, yeah. where's this connected to? And you, and you start to get fatigued. But I think at the same time, finding ways to still reassure and be proud of ourselves is paramount because though everybody else might not be able to understand the feeling or know exactly what we're going through. That's what we got to give ourselves that pat on the back. Like, but I did this shit. You don't know how much it took for me to get here. You right. might see it. Maybe physically, but even the internal things that you go through when you're at that crossroad, do I want to leave this job that's giving me all this bread and my bills are taken care of, but am I being, am I leading with that same integrity? How can I tell these kids and these students what to do if I'm not being radical with my own decision? -making? Right, right. Yeah. I was going to ask both of you guys a question because imposter syndrome is not a mental illness, right? It's just a thing that people experience. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know your take on do you think it's more so it comes from within or does it come from other people not really believing in what you're doing? Because she mentioned a lot of times how her mom wanted her to be a teacher and wanted her to, you know, play it safe and have the pension and everything. And th that affects you, you know, mm -hmm. that affects you. And sometimes it causes you the self-doubt. So I was wondering, like, do you think it's more so within or you think it's like from outside factors? Because both of you guys are pretty successful. And I'm sure there's times where people have told you like, uh, I don't know about that. Like, you know, maybe you should do this or maybe you should do something safer. So what what do you think? I'll, I'll let Izzy go first on this one. Um. Okay. Yeah, I think it is a very delicate, but specifically detailed cocktail of both of those things. Mm, okay. Um. You know, when you are, <clears throat> like being said, you have your vision, you have your intuition, um, your discernment, you are in your mode of serenity, and you're like, okay, I know, you, you writing it out, you seeing the vision, you got it all, and you're trying to articulate to individuals so they can catch on, 
can be very difficult because a lot of times people don't have that for themselves. So if you're talking to individuals that don't even have that drive, they're already been, they've given up on things that were at one point in time a dream or a passion, or maybe not even given up, but they've had a lot of challenges and obstacles that overtake their imagination or or the drive to be successful. They can't even, you really kind of talk in a foreign language in a sense. And then to meet other people that have that same drive in their own respects, it's sometimes far and in between because from my personal experiences, you know, Beans is my guy. A lot of people, they see that as competition. Like, mm. oh, you got this going. That's kind of similar to me. Or I got certain areas where that crosses over. Like, I'm happy for you, but I've been doing it one month before you. So, low key, if you pop before me, I'm going to feel some kind of... Like, it's all type of shit Nasty that you got to deal with people. And then you got, like, your family, you know, which should be, you know... In, in some respects, like your first line of support and praise and cheerleading and champion, you know, they get broken and down into the same kind of pockets as regular ass people. Because if all you know is 30 years of this particular kind of service, how can you think about the kill switch? My mother, like she my grandparents moved from Jamaica when my mother was like seven. Mm-hmm. She's never lived anywhere else but Brooklyn, New York. My mother has never been to Atlanta until I moved to Atlanta. My mm. mother has never been to Cali until I moved to Cali. So it's like, now she's, you know, she's an older woman, she's retired, but it's like, you never even had, like, to even move outside of the place where you were, you came when you were a little girl. Right. So I can't really expect you to kind of understand, like, I give your confusion a little bit of grace right. but i can't look at that as like oh because you don't understand that maybe i don't right. i know me right yeah i i know me you know what i'm saying and i'm putting in the work and then when of course when you have like the proof to go into the pudding you know to to, to make it make sense that definitely helps but like it was no easy feat because i got into this game as a pa like i really started from the bottom of bottoms like working for low key, like slave master mentality type white producers that I had to like, you know, really prove like, yo, you're not doing me no favors. I know that I don't have all the years of experience as you have or maybe your previous team had, but you're going to, you're going to learn about me today. Like Talk don't, don't, don't right. let that, don't let the fact that I haven't been in this game for five years mean that I'm five years behind the curve. Like not for nothing. I was in a whole nother profession before here. Like I'm very, I'm very able. I have the facility and the ability. Don't do that. And actually when I learn what the fuck is going on now, you can't, you can't stop me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Kind of like going back to the idea of like when they didn't want slaves to know how to read. You know what I'm saying? They didn't want us to educate ourselves because you could beat me down, break me down, everything, but you can't take away my mind. Right. right. You know what's funny about that? I also like, I also have experienced that too from mm-hmm. production or just people. Like I'm paying attention to how people treat you when they feel as though you're inadequate. When mm-hmm. they feel as though you're not paying attention to what's going on. Understand that I decided to be here. So I, I thought that was very inter- interesting, especially in production. Especially producing things, but also being a sponge and still learning things, mm-hmm. but people not knowing like what side of the coin you're on. So I think that's very telling. And also to speak about imposter syndrome, I feel as though that gets developed based on how you respond to other people's expectations. Yes. Mm. Because yes. it's 
you're more so am I not doing enough for my family's expectations for these people expectations, these people who's probably known me since elementary school or high school or college. Am I doing that? But once you unlearn that and realize why do I even care? And why am I even jumping on it? People just gave me these expectations. I didn't agree to those. Right. I didn't agree to those when I was brought into this earth, but I think that's where a lot of imposter syndrome gets, you know, inflated. But where I am with, dealing with imposter syndrome is giving myself that grace, myself that compassion, forgiving myself for mistakes that I had to learn from and be like, that's what you thought was right at the time. At the end of the day, it's your truth still move forward. So it's like, I have an interesting relationship with imposter syndrome, but when it does show up, like, you know you that nigga. Like, what are, you, right. what are we talking about, bro? Right. What are we really talking you have, about? You, you have those aha moments. Because I've been thinking that recently about my profession, like with therapy and working with the kids. And sometimes I feel like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing with these kids. Like, I have this degree. I have this experience. But I don't really know what I'm doing. And then, like, sometimes I'll have those days where I say something and it clicks with my client. And I end up helping them re- come to a realization. I'm like damn man you good at this you mm-hmm. could do this in your sleep like mm-hmm. why you be down yourself you know so i've had that with uh more so the podcasting with like therapy because podcasting is a new thing for me and i don't really well i know now but before coming in i was just like i want to talk about mental health i want to help people i want them to share their story so let's just do this let's just make it work i didn't know anything about editing and all that stuff like it was a lot, but now I'm like, don't, don't so much focus on trying to be, uh, the perfect podcaster. Like just get your message out there yep. and people appreciate that. Yeah. It don't have to be perfect. It no. don't have, you don't have to be the the best interviewer or whatever. But when you have that good message and that good content, it's like, it's fine. It's fine. And that's how I started, you know, feeling more confident in myself when it comes to podcasting. Um, I saw something that said imposter syndrome is actually more um, common in women than it with men. Mm. Mm. I I could definitely talk to that, but yeah. B is go. You gonna? And I'm, I'm I'm even though I'm not a woman, because I'm I'm gonna be short with it. I can just make a guess, and I guess Izzy, you elaborate on it more. Mm. I there's a book out there called Mothers Who Can't Love. I'm gonna tell you, if I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna talk about it. Uh-oh. I read a, I read that book just a little bit, and a lot of times people talk about you know daddy issues when it comes to a lot of women. But there's women who have interesting relationships with their mother as well because I feel as though they're looking at them as how can I emulate this? You know, I'm supposed to be with, and when there's crossroads, like I don't actually like how you're living your life or different things like that. But you are looking at this as the pinnacle of who you should potentially be. And I mm. feel like men were taught to be more independent, do what you want to do and blah, blah, blah. But women are more so molded to be a little more docile, or a little more, this is who you're supposed to, I, I don't know. That's why I, 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 I connect. I agree, but I want to hear Izzy's. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, was I like, just wanted to be brief, yeah. but I, I, I feel like Izzy is about to go to his directly. I, f- I have like 10 different type of caveats for that whole uh, point. Um, Definitely to piggyback off of what Bean says, absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you have a mother that has accomplishments and successes. Mm. Like, the only thing they want you to do is be like them or better. So, 
that's a challenge. You know, it's always easy to beat zero. But if you're trying to be 100 and you like 10 years old, you, you, you need some experiences with that to go into that. Um, also, too, like in a professional sense, I feel like um, especially spaces where there's not a lot of women, mm. that makes it even more of a imposter syndrome type of like like that could come up a lot because you're like I know when I'm waking up and I'm talking to myself and I'm planning I know I know what I'm talking about but then you're in a room full of like men white men to be specific and they're just like you know they still trying to figure out like how did you get here right and there are no off days there are no oh we're gonna give her grace there is no like that same extension of um grace and, and understanding or like oh turn the other eye type of thing or we'll just excuse it does it uh, doesn't appear as much for women in certain spaces and now we're talking about you just not even in a space that is male dominated and you're a minority but also you're in leadership mm. so now and you're not even just like okay like like when I was a PA I wasn't really that much of a threat because I was you know up here like I was there to serve and to make sure that people were comfortable and that you know the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed then I became a coordinator a little bit more power but still lower on the spectrum then I became a supervisor and now I have like a team of people underneath me but I still have people to answer to so now you know what's crazy <laughs> this reminds me I was working on a show for ABC and um the office was in Burbank and there were a couple of other shows that were on that particular floor. And again, the majority of the people are like white people or white males. You don't see women like that. And you definitely don't see black women like that. The PA that was on that show was a black girl. I personally got her hired for that. Mm -hmm. I was working for the producer from BT, and he always was like, whatever I have a show, I want you to work with me, I want you to work with me. And he like... He he learned to not only respect me as a woman, but respect me as a black woman, even though one time he told me a comment like, you should be in the next Black Panther. I had my hair out and shit. He was like, he was like, you ever seen Black Panther? And I was like, yes. He's like, you remind me of... And I'm like, yo, no, 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 bro, no, no, I got, got story, Yo, I got stories on some shit. And I just took it like, it, it made me feel some kind of way. My mom was like, Tina's a compliment. He's basically trying to say, like, he's, he's, he's never worked with a black person ever. He's been a producer for like 25 years. Mm. And now that black woman, like that's a lot, that's a lot. So did all of that. And he, when we were, when we were hiring up for the next, the next show, he was like, you know, do you have any PAs that you could recommend? And I knew this girl that was moving out of here from Atlanta. And I'm always big on like reaching back. Like right. as I climb forward, I want to be a, a conduit of information, resources. So anything like it don't make me. It is not, it's not going to serve me better if my initiative is to make sure that we all win if I keep shit to myself. So I was like, yeah, I actually know a girl. She has a lot of PA experience. Um, she kind of doesn't want to do that shit anymore, but she never worked in L.A., so you kind of got to get it where you can get it, sis. Right. Got her in. So it's not the two of us in this office, and this white man is walking by. Don't know this white man from a fucking hole in the wall. He don't know me. Oh, no, what's from three holes in the walls. And he's like, good afternoon. And we're like, good afternoon. And then he doubles back, and he's like, is this a black show? Oh. Word to my mother. He asked, is this a black show? One of the most whitest, whitest shows on ABC that I was working for. And we're like, no, it's not a 
black show. And he's like, who? He's literally trying to do the math, and the math is not math. And he's like, one black girl, two black girls. No and the black show, show is not yeah. black? That's wild. What? This was like 2019. So that's pretty recent. Yeah. And that's it's crazy how you t- gave me this story because my next question was, have you experienced like any bias from like being in a male dominated? And then Exa- there you go yeah. with the story. And yeah. going back to imposter syndrome, like I've done hella fucking work like to get there. And then people are like to hear people say out loud and with so much confidence, like, but how are you here, though, for real? Is what you really yeah. saying? Ooh. Right. How you? Re- how we? How the fuck are y'all? Bo- are y'all sisters? Wait, wait, hold on. Is a produ- And we and I was so caught off guard, which I'm usually not. Mm-hmm. But I was like, again, I got two modes about me: transparent, like completely, or silent. I can't do the fake shit. So I knew that if I was to respond in the way that my great ancestors would have wanted me to. <laughs> I might have not been in that office for that many more days, right? Because right. I don't know who this white man is. Right, yeah. So I was silent. Thank goodness my PA, she stepped in in my silence and was like, no, sir, I'm a show called blah, 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 blah. And he's like, really? What is it about? She gives a description. And in his mind, he's like, that show is whiter than white. And I'm just looking at him like, can you please like disappear and turn into goo? <laughs> You Loch Ness-looking monster motherfucker. Yeah. You fucking scoundrel. Would you please fly back to the arches right. that you turn it's into? like, why? why? That, that wasn't even necessary. Just say hello and keep it and pushing. And keep it pushing. You know, you, know what, you know what blinds a lot of people, though? What I'm noticing, especially out here, is nepotism. Like, nepotism, people are, are drowned by nepotism, but also it, it, it cripples a lot of people. Because you got somebody out here Lord, who's Lord, Lord. like... I'm going to get it however I'm going to get it. And you're not going to see until you actually see. But certain positions may have just been handed to you or whatever mm. pigment, mm. different things like that. And I'm not even an excuse color type person, but I'm just calling it a spade a spade. Right. So with all of that, I think I, I use that as power. Like moments like that is like, you got me fucked up, but my consistency is going to show otherwise because it's going to circle back and you're not even going to probably remember this conversation. Right. But at that point, you've already shown me exactly who you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so my last question to both of you guys, if you could say if you just like talking to your friend and, and they're telling you about this, like they feel like they don't belong or they, they don't deserve the accolades that they have. Like what is some advice that you would give to them? Um, Personally, I actually recently experienced this yesterday. One of my boys called me, and back to what Izzy was saying, I'm my mantra this year is to be a lot more transparent because sometimes people treat you as a free storage or a free punching bag. Let me give you all of this because I just know you can have, even though you, whether you signed up for it or not. So I'm in a space where if you're going to come to me like that, I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. For example, if I'm noticing that you have a lot of self-sabotaging conversations or you're the person who gives all the good advice but don't know how to take the advice i'm gonna circle it back to accountability i don't feel like i'm supposed to be why don't you feel that way oh because of blah, 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 blah. why do you keep ending up in those situations just circling it back right. to them why do you yearn for this self some for therapy this rea- techniques you for, got over there for this reassuring. <laughs> no that's like why do you keep yearning for this reassurance from others 
Have you ever sat with yourself? What actually makes sense to you? Mm -hmm. So I spin them in this ball of accountability. And if they're able to develop a healthier relationship with themselves through that, that's my mechanism. That's my response. I'm very, I don't, I try not to pacify people who just self-sabotage, especially if I'm able to see it. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're not able to have that type of friend in your, or you keep it real with them. You don't try to like pacify them. I, I try not to just let them bask in it or multiply them their self sabotaging behavior. Accountability, accountability, accountability. If that's too much for you, maybe you'll stop calling me. But that's how I'm coming. Big facts, right? right. And what Big about facts. you? Um, definitely piggybacking. <laughs> okay. what, what being yeah. said, like, yeah, you know, going back to my last previous statement, like people know, like what kind of friend I'm going to be, what kind of person that I am. And I do everything, like, out of love, you mm -hmm. know? Even if it's tough love, like, my nigga, you know it's out of love. And I'm not about to sit here. I don't have time to bullshit with you. Like, I'm not that person. So if you are, like, struggling with something or whatever, like, if 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 I can if I can kind of see where the gray area may be or where you may not be able to see the end goal or your trajectory is kind of tripped up. Like, I'm going to tell you what it is. And then, you know, I might even, I might even send you a couple links so you can <laughs> go follow up with that. But I'm not finna like handhold you. I don't got time for that right, because right, right. I mean, I didn't grow up like that. Right. So I don't really see the value in that. And I feel like a lot of times that ends up putting people in this space of where they feel like, if if there's no security blanket, then it's not gonna like I can't right. I can't be righteous or nothing is gonna come to be if I, there's no security blanket. Like even moving across the country, like we like we did, a lot of people were like, "Yo, you crazy! Like you don't got no family out there, you don't got no friends out there. Like that's dope though, but I could never move because my ah ah ah. You better than me, cause I'm like right. I guess so. Then my nigga, because right. I'm. I can't sit in a space because of familiar faces and voices. That shit not going to do nothing for me. Right. So, you know, accountability and, you know, loving certain people through it and just, you know, and honestly, leading by example. Mm. You know, I have certain yeah. friends that I don't even talk to like that, like that. But then when they hit me because I posted something on the gram or they see me still working, they like, yo, I'm proud of you. Right. Like, I know we don't talk like that, but I see you out here like still going hard, like harder than before. Like that shit make me feel like I need to get the fuck up. Right. And I'm like, I don't do it to make you feel less inadequate, inadequate or less successful. But if you're internalizing me staying true to myself right. as something that helps you, then shit, like, that's what's up to. And yeah. that and that means a lot, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good answer because it's like, we, we don't always need our handheld. Sometimes we need our friends to be like, no, you got this, like, why are you, you know, why are you tripping type thing? You know, hold us accountable. And I would just say for people that, that, that requested this episode that wanted to know about this, it's... It's taking the good with the bad. You're mm. you're not always gonna have the answer. You're not mm. always gonna be perfect in whatever you do, but just be confident in your abilities. Because sometimes we disqualify the positive and we only focus on the negative. Mm -hmm. So you so you need to take both of those. And is instead of thinking that, oh, 
I made this mistake or this was bad. So I'm, I'm not good at this anymore. I'm a bad podcaster. I'm a bad, whatever. It's like, no, that that was a mistake. I'm gonna learn from it. I'm gonna come back even better. Not every mistake means that you're a failure or that you're not capable of doing what you're doing because you've been doing, it. Mm -hmm. you know? So that's what I would say to people, but Izzy, I'm so happy that you came. Oh, thank you. I I enjoyed this episode. I think a lot of people are going to like this, but where can the people follow you and follow your content? Um, Izzy underscore absolutely underscore is on my Instagram. Uh, Pastor Bluntness underscore is my uh, talk series Instagram page. PastorBluntness.com is the landing page. YouTube Pastor Bluntness is 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 the channel. Um, yeah, you can you can find me there, and then you can find me anywhere that Nike is booming. Okay, <laughs> talk heavy, talk heavy, talk your shit, talk your shit. Um, but yeah, yeah, th- those those are pretty much pretty much the places for sure, for sure, for sure. Beans, you got anything you want to announce or anything uh, like that? Y'all can follow me, Chef underscore Beans chefbeans.com if you want some cool merch uh transparency to play is coming back at the end of february and shout out for you with that i'm so excited yo yo come on i'm it's like the first one was i wish we had a moment to talk about that because one we still need a watch party yeah the folk like folks is like having side conversation beans like yo so we not going to have no, a watch party no, 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 no. he just moving forward like we was just sardines and the, <laughs> no, like no, no. just just recycled us like i right, thanks thanks no, like, no, dang, no. it's over already no, no, right no. so the watch party the watch party is still happening but i think it's back to what we were talking about just with like imposter syndrome and just being like very certain on what you want to do and just giving yourself grace like, mm-hmm. I don't have all the answers. And sometimes when I'm moving fast, my mind does slip on certain things. I'm like, oh, but things are in the works. Okay. Things things are in the works. I'm not like a, yo, good luck, y'all. Good luck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm like that. You're just moving kind of fast, so. No. Try, you, trying yeah. to keep up with myself. Bro. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, That's a good one. Trying to keep up with yourself. Yo, cool right. Trying to keep up with yourself. I'm trying to keep up with myself. And sometimes That's everybody come to you with the answers and just explain. Like, yo, you were supposed to do this, supposed to do that. And it's like, just how you trying to figure it out, I too am trying to figure it out. Because mm-hmm. I don't have all the answers. And this is my first time doing this thing called life that we're all doing for the first <laughs> right. time. I was exactly. like, what's the first time? Life. Oh, shit. <laughs> yo, <laughs> no, I guess it is all, everyone's first time. Yo, yeah, yeah, it so, is. So, so it's, it's that. But um, yes, watch party for the first one. Sold out show. Izzy was in it. Nia was the host. It was amazing, amazing cast, all of that. Second one is circling back at the end of February. And um, Can I ask a question about that? I don't know if you want to leak this. Is this exclusive? No, no, go Are you building on the same plot that the first one is on, or is it a completely different show? No, it's it's the, it's the same show. Just oh. a, little, little, a little more sauce, like a little different things added to the script, but it's the same exact one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I thought that they, like, uh, I thought Kelly and O.D. Trapped in a co- closet. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought they like got married. Yeah, I, thought they, I thought they had a baby and right. shit. Now it's like different, no, no, different no. monologues of the teacher talking about their kids. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that'd, that'd be crazy. No, no, look. It's some things in the works, but it's, right. it's uh, yeah, Chef Beans, Chef underscore Beans dot com. No, Chef underscore Beans on social media, Chef Beans dot com. What is he? Y'all get all the information. But yes, yeah, up in the stuck 2022. 
People people starting to catch up. We taking mm-hmm. it to the next level this year. Big time. And you know, since we talking about being confident in our abilities, you know, I got something going on. Talk Please, you know, I was saying? gonna ask, good sis. Um, on February fourth, my online w- business is starting Kid Onyx, where I make very uh, well, I want to say it's for the people. It's uh, I. I you know, people get weird around, but it's Black History Month, so I made something for the people. Love it. And it's emotion cards for the kids, and I'm really proud of this. I've been working on it for a year. I've been working on it for a year, but you can get that on KidOnyx.com. That's going to be live on February 4th. You can follow us at underscore KidOnyx. So that's my new venture, and that's I'm going to be confident in it. Even though I don't know all the answers, right. I'm still confident that people are going to like this product and people are going to want to buy it. So yeah. I had to, you know, throw my little plug. You know, I'm always asking people what they got going on. I'm like, I finally got something to share. But... Well, this is my... Yeah, okay. Well, I was like, I mean, this in that. You got this in that. You got a right. little soul and, and pepper. of course, you know, follow What's Good With You, double underscore What's Good With You. Subscribe to our YouTube page. We got two thousand over 2,000 streams. Talk heavy. Nice. We got over... And, and that's not even the YouTube. Are you like, going to throw the bomb in on that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Hot 97 bomb. You got to get crazy, right. crazy, I, I crazy. Appreci- I appreciate y'all for tuning in. And, like, I'm really, like, dang, like, this taking off. Like, we only dropped one episode last month, and it still got good feedback. Like, man, we do. Yeah. The streets. We do. is mixy, so I can only imagine, like. Right. We taking we just it watch. To, right. We're taking it to to another level, and I'm just so excited. We got, we got a lot of stuff, good stuff planned uh, this year. So thank you guys for tuning in, and this has been another episode of What's Good With You. Wagwan. <laughs>